Glad it's near the end of the week. And if anyone had a bad one, let us know and we'll cheer you up. But I'm just glad that we're here together at HK Happy Hour. Today's episode has an A side and a B side. This is episode two's A side. And once you're done, click on the B side and show some love to Richie BB where he talks about low and behold. I'm going to cover my thoughts on Tong Sing Oi Sang Lei. And it's only my initial thoughts about the first six episodes. So know that my opinions will change. Because as you all know, anything can go down and change for the worse when it comes down to TV dramas. I'm noticing lately that TVB has been pushing some dramas out there that are more on the idol drama spectrum, and I have always found that while some of them are good, I often wonder what's actually missing. Like, It's a tad off and I don't know why. And it took me up until this series to get that aha moment. And perhaps idol dramas need brand new TVB actors for that reason. Um, along with a new time slot as it will not be as family oriented or maybe focus it on airing as a web series. Let me know your thoughts about this idea because when you think about it, back in the day when we all swerved to watching Taiwanese idol dramas, then it moved to the current K-Wave and C-dramas is mainly because... Everything is brand spanking new and it deviates from the tried and tested TVB formula from actors to plots to the filming and the high cost budget. Everything was just new in my eyes. And of course, it definitely would leave viewers flocking to different areas and Langlock TVB them. So in a nutshell, I feel like they might have to hang on tight and play around with a few more variables to figure out why their newer idol-like dramas aren't working. They're definitely onto something, but um, there still has to be quite a few tweaking here and there. But otherwise, I just feel so bad that Childhood in a Capsule is getting a little heat and low ratings. And I feel from my perspective of just watching a few episodes is that it definitely deserves some more credit than the flack that it's been getting. We obviously know it's not a new storyline. And in the name of Picasso, we have invented nothing. So all the storylines and dramas And it just depends on if you just happen to watch that particular drama from another country, then of course people are going to complain that TVB is just too old school and always copying other dramas from another country because they do it years later. But for those that still ride the TVB wave like myself, all I gotta say is loyalty at its best. So pat yourself on the back because we are the true ride or die fans out there. So uh, how you doing? One of the reasons why I still watch TVB is that they always have an ongoing show or two that consistently runs on family and moral values, which I am totally up for. And it's now rarity in my opinion. And it also happens that my parents subscribe to our local Chinese channel called Fairchild TV, which is in Canada. So for me, that's a conversation starter with my parents whenever I come home from work or I haven't had the time to watch particular series, Cough Cough, Big White Duel. So I'll have them explain random things here and there whenever I'm briefly in the living room or I'm just passing by. And there has been times where I have gotten completely ghosted by them because they're so fixated on the show, but that's fine with me because that's a good indication that it's a good show. Otherwise, most importantly, as I get older, I seem to run out of time and I no longer have the time to watch C-dramas because it requires a lot of bandwidth for me to listen, to understand. And for Korean dramas, I gotta put all my attention on reading the English subtitles, but for TVB, I can always hands down play it in the background and still follow along. And with the 30-minute sitcom like Lo and Behold, I can always fall behind and just watch the latest episode without catching up as there's always a new one and the short duration of the show fits my lifestyle right now. Now let's get down and dirty and talk about my thoughts on Childhood in a Capsule, Tong Sing Oi Sang Lei. I'm going to put a bold disclaimer. 
I just watch a few episodes of the drama, so don't come at me if the storylines actually change or goes downhill. This is just my early thoughts about the overall storyline, and I'll probably have to revisit this again in the next week or so, but until then, this is how I feel. First off, I'm so glad Owen is back and ugh, I felt forever. I know, I know, some of y'all be like, Ringmaster was just on last year. But to me, I felt like it's been two years or so because his character in El Cappuccino till this day had a lasting impression on me. And since then, no one has surpassed that. And when you have Vincent Wong together, it's just on some unexplainable chemistry. So hopefully I'll get to see those two again in another bromance drama soon. And I totally feel that El Cappuccino can easily have a sequel. So I'm crossing my fingers for that one. And in general, I just miss this fun goofball and glad that he's back at it again but with a little twist in character. I love that his character is just transparent as much as he can be because he utilizes moral values for the most part. There's so many influencers out there nowadays and it's so hard to tell who the honest ones are and this is why I love those that are exactly like Dingo in real life. Their moral compass supersedes over lucrative brand deals because it doesn't meet their expectation and he doesn't want to lie to his fans and followers because if it doesn't work or it's not to your liking, then why promote it? The only time he deviates from his moral compass is when he decides on dealing with his brother's debts by marrying Amanda for money. But what I love about it is he still follows his moral compass by literally being as transparent as he can be. And he tells her and others that he married her for money while also genuinely helping her to his best of abilities. As long as it's good or it comes from good intentions while also not causing him any trouble or problems, he will not intervene like a good old Samaritan. These type of people are just a rarity nowadays. Now, when it comes to the storyline of the female lead... I just find that it might cause quite the stir because of the filming and editing and the way it unveils by just using the female lead playing an eight-year-old and the overall circumstances throughout the first few episodes. Perhaps it's because it was probably filmed during the pandemic. I find that their inability to utilize the adult female lead and the eight-year-old was such a disservice for this show because having an adult playing an eight-year-old child is just going to be cringy for some people or it just gives that easy excuse to complain about the show by default. If only they allowed both actresses to unveil their family issues and catching up to date with life and love, it would have been better, but then they will have to rewrite and modify quite a lot and remove a lot of the subtle cutesy, lovely, devly, I'ma ship these two together scenes. So you can actually anticipate people not liking the female lead fully playing the eight-year-old with the exception of flashbacks that actually utilizes the child. At the same time, I also can't help but wonder if the storyline was a male that lost his memory and him fully acting as an eight-year-old child, will it receive just as much as a backlash? Oh wait, let me remind you, this actually exists and it starred Jessica Swan and Roger Kwok, aka Awong, in 2004. And I think he was a child that acted as an eight-year-old character and this led to him being popular AF and Roger won a lot of awards. So perhaps they thought if they switched it up a little and have a female lead instead, they would see similar success, but I feel that... 
They didn't think it through thoroughly when it came to the writing and filming portion. And no, I'm not here to complain about Go Huiling's acting because I really don't see anything wrong and there's not much of a difference between the acting in A Wong's character in Square Pegs when it comes to acting like an eight-year-old. And I also don't see the difference between Terry from Lo and Behold. And if you don't know him from Lab, he's a man in his 20s or 30s who is a fuidor that is basically a derp, but a kind-hearted second-gen derp who can't tie his own shoelace, can't peel shrimp, and has to eat shredded meat or he'll choke because people will just say Terry is dumb, but you know, he still gets praised by playing that character just like a Wong. So I kind of question if this is a gender problem where female actresses are limited to playing atypical roles. And if they do, they get penalized in unsolicited ways, which to me in this case is unwarranted because I find her acting in this character not a problem at all. And um, I just rather wish that the writing and filming direction could have been more thought out carefully. Another example that I wasn't happy about, wait, more like I'm confused, is a female lead's age? I'll admit that I wasn't fully immersed to the series, so I'm gonna need your help on the clarification because in one or two episodes, I hear that she is eight years old. And then in the next random episode, she gets her period for an eight-year-old. So at first I thought maybe there has been a time lapse and I missed that part, but I recall that this contract marriage is only for several months. So the continuity for the female character is just not there. And I really wish the series could have been written out better or edited more thoughtfully because when you think about it, the average age in Hong Kong for females to start their first menstruation is around 15 to 16 years old. And in North America, like US, the average is about 11 to 12. Um, so in Hong Kong context, the female lead is considered an outlier because her period starts at eight years old. Or we can actually debate about it and say she got it even earlier than eight years old because she was fully aware that she has her period and she calls her homegirl to get her some pads at the local corner store. I'm not saying it's impossible to get your period at eight. It's just the chances are very slim given the context is within an Asian country. And this goes back to the casting issue because Tong Tong looks like she's 12 or 13, which makes more sense to having her period at that age. So for her character to know right away that she needs a pad for her period is just screaming poor attention to detail when it comes to Amanda's age. Now I'm going to divert the question and ask what other issues that you found in this drama. Now let's get on to the good stuff of what I like about the series so far. One, I generally take a longer time to warm up to these type of idol-like dramas and this is not the case. I liked how kind of quick it got to the point rather than waiting five to seven episodes in. So it caught my attention and hooked me in pretty early, which is very rare when it comes to TVB shows. Two, the cast is just absolutely amazing. Rugo Chan, I've always seen him playing Danam Yun roles to villain roles back when he first started and the House on Zai character and the righteous character fighting for people's rights and then pretending to be the bad guy temporarily. Um, But I just have yet not seen him play a guy that is all about having a one-sided or shall I say puppy love towards a female lead. I don't think anyone can act the way he can for this role and maybe because he's now girl dad and has a wife so he has learned a few tricks here and there and I'm not complaining actually. I was even surprised because I would not have thought he would play this type of role either. Three, 
Wu Feng is also back. My dad told me he's probably in his 90s now. And let me tell you, he doesn't even look 90 at all. So I'm happy to see our veterans are still actively working in the industry and essentially doing what they love. You can definitely feel that he still has that passion to work and, you know, and be active. So I wish him all the best and I hope to see him soon in other shows if he chooses to. So yeah, looking forward to that. And last but not least, Lena Young is absolutely amazing. Hands down, I am sending her my best vibes to her to get, you know, nominated and win an award for the upcoming TVB Awards show that takes place at the end of the year or next year. I don't know when it is, but that's my expectation. She really played her character so well. And to me, her character is so complex and she intersects and embodies a lot of identities from being a second child, a female acting as a mother figure for Amanda, a daughter, a lover, a wife, a socially, a sister. And while, you know, being the eldest daughter in terms of, you know, having another female sibling and um, with all these intersectionality that she has, you can see how much she has to hide, especially in her family dynamics, her attention and time is always being taken away from her because her father's always having to deal with the oldest son and youngest daughter. And with Elsa understanding that she didn't want to add more problems for her dad, she kept in a lot. And on top of being a socially, she always had to hide even more of herself and holding on to her problems because everyone is literally watching you. And, you know, one wrong move that you make, it'll make it to the headlines again. And that's not what their dad or family business wants. I just feel so bad for Elsa because she can't trust anyone and is literally walking on eggshells every day and always having to be on her toes of which sibling has an ulterior motive at the time and having to be careful on how she acts when all she wants is her family to get along and be vulnerable and supportive to each other. Her character is so complex and complicated. It's it's so hard to unveil. And with Lena portraying Elsa, she captures all the pain that intersects into her life naturally. I honestly can't imagine another actress playing this role and I really feel that this character was meant to be played by her. I just felt every pain and emotion that she felt in episode 6 when she tells her younger sister how she really felt all the while trying to let go of her past traumas and issues and really setting her boundaries is is definitely not an easy feat and I'm going to guess this is something, you know, she's going to have to continually work on throughout the show. Lena innately portrays that motherly figure that loves her family while also treading lightly because not only is she being watched by the closest people in her world, the media world is also watching her as well. So she always has to be, you know, guarding herself and always being careful 24-7. And with that, I salute Lena Yang. And like I said earlier, she deserves an award. And this is the main reason why I want to continue to watch this show. In a nutshell, I really like this overarching idea of using the innocence of a child through memory loss to actually bring her family back together. We get it right away that there's so much pain and trauma for the entire family. From Raymond and Elsa just wanting their dad to praise them and love them by acknowledging them outwardly. And then you get the father showing his own way and doing it differently for all of his children. It actually ends up causing a lot of pain and fierce competition between the three siblings, which is doing more bad than good. And by utilizing the grown-up Amanda as a source of the underlying problem, the writers use her younger self to fix her family issues and heal from the past, which is definitely heartfelt because, hey, sometimes having a simple or childlike mind to solve things is better than having a grown-up mindset where we have to complicate things, right? It's the end of the night, but our night never ends. 
I'm going to leave you guys with a lot of questions. Should TVB continue on producing more idol dramas? Do you like Tong Sing Hwa Sang Lei so far or hate it? And what other issues that you've noticed so far in this drama? And most of all, who is your favorite character or actor in Childhood in a Capsule? I can't wait to read your thoughts about this drama on Instagram at hk.happyhour. I'll see you around and talk to you guys next week on HK Happy Hour. Don't forget to play B-side right after this. This is Asa and I'm signing off and now it's on to Richie, BB. Thank you.